Hi guys, welcome to today's episode of Azula and today's guest is Sangi. Wow, wow, nice intro. Right? Okay, <laughs> I mean I mean you guys probably know Sangi, she's appeared in a couple of Zula videos before. But in any case, please introduce yourself to everyone. Hey guys, I'm Sangi. I am 22 years old this year. I'm a full-time cabin crew and I also work freelance with Zula. Yes, as you can tell, very professional freelance host mm. with her <laughs> beautiful voice. She used to be a radio uh, DJ host or radio DJ yeah. host. Is that yeah. what it's called? <laughs> butchering her butchering the job titles here. Oh god. Okay, but I mean that was your old job. Today we are here to kind of talk about your current job. And you mentioned that you're a cabin crew. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the topic of today's video. So like, I guess people outside the industry don't know too much about what goes on behind the scenes of like being a stewardess, being a steward, being a worker in the industry itself so people I think are curious to find out about yes. um, the culture and also like the whole interview process and stuff yeah but before we go into that maybe you can share with us a little bit about how long you've been a cabin crew okay yeah so I've been flying for uh, six months yeah but I've been in the company for about a year so because of COVID I stopped flying in March but I joined last year in September Okay, right. So, how long was the training then, if you joined in September last year? Okay, so, I think the training was about for two months. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, so okay. I started like beginning of September, right. and I ended by mid-October. So, oh. it's about one and a half months last. Maybe you can share with us why you decided to become a cabin crew. <laughs> why? Why you laugh like that? Why, why is this? What is this? Because Sudden I get laughter. this question like all the time, right? Okay, so for me, I think a few people might know from like my Instagram that I actually studied communications. Yes. So, I did like my diploma and degree. So when I told my mom that I was gonna fly, she kinda like lost her shit lah. She's like, you gonna do flying after studying your degree? Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. She had like expectations for me to like go join like a PR company or <laughs> to do like a 9 to 5 job or Defying something. Defying parents' expectations yeah. right here. Yeah. But then she also knows that I am not like a 9 to 5 person. Yeah. So I cannot sit like in an office and do work as much because I kinda like go crazy. Then I decided, okay, why not I go fly? Mm. Because I've been trying to fly for about three years. Yeah. But I wasn't really working out and it was like a childhood dream and everybody they right. as, as a kid you take the plane then you see like people like so beautiful you're like oh so pretty okay, I mean I never get this experience before that, but um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean I saw people some people <laughs> that was me i like wow ooh you know that, that's me so mm. then after that I decided oh, okay I kind of like enjoy travelling yeah. but I didn't use that as a reason to join this job actually yeah, okay. it's just that I like service mm. and I wanted to try a different form of service yeah. because I've been I've always worked in like F&B right. then communications also like a kind of service to people by like, like producing news and content right yeah. so I want to try a different aspect ma. like yeah. straight up so I went to join as a cabin crew actually I think when you mentioned that you like service I was like I can see that it's in the way that you talk mm. right to people yeah, yeah, yeah. like you enjoy talking to people I love I'm a very people person and I'm the kind of person right I can talk to a lot of people came from different backgrounds. Nice. I will pick on like what is their interest and everything. So I can make a very introverted person feel very comfortable as well. Nice. So I decided to like touch that spot and go work as a cabin crew. Yeah, that's like that's like basically a life skill right there. Yeah, but um so, so that's the reason why you decided to join the industry. How did you apply? Like what was the whole process like? Because TSL did a video a really long time ago. Abo- <laughs> So TSL did a video a long time ago <laughs> on the interview process to get into like one of the local airlines. Uh. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why that video did so well is because people just want to know 
what they are going to expect when they apply, right? Okay. Yeah, but for you, um, how did you apply to the company that you're currently working for? Okay, fun fact about that video, right? I actually watched that video and I was one of those people that is like, what happens? You know, so I watched that video like, and I kind of knew what was happening and I didn't know what my airlines that I'm working with yeah. kind of had for the interview process, so I just went in blindly, to be very honest. Right. So when I went there, it was pretty much similar. Mm. So for the interview process, it's like five rounds, and then like the first round is they'll check your documents, check your height, skin check as well. So for example, like I have scars on my hands because I used to work in FMB, so I got a lot of burn scars. Right. That was something they had to KIV about because mm. when you work in the airlines, your uniform and everything will expose your hands and sometimes your legs as well. So they want you to be like, look flawless a bit because mm. you know it's, it's professionalism as well so after that they also check for like tattoos uh, visible tattoos <laughs> yep. yeah instantly fired but, like the first stage i'm like goodbye leah like get out of here like hello <laughs> welcome to yes serve you with my tattoo arm <laughs> and then for the second round it's like an english competency test oh okay so we set for like an english like written test i would have failed it was so long ago <laughs> <laughs> instant fail again <laughs> I honestly thought I was gonna fail, you know. Okay, was it like a like a full-on test? It was like this written test okay. with like vocabulary and some other things, I don't remember. But okay. I saw other people, they finished so fast. I was writing till like they say, please put your pants down. Okay. And I was so nervous, I was like, great. I didn't even answer a few questions because I didn't know how to do it. Mm. And then in the end, like I got it. So I was a bit confused. I didn't know what they were looking for with right. the English competency test. Like. And then after that, they will actually like cut the batch. So you, they will... Eliminate people is an elimination round throughout the entire interview process. Okay, wait, so the interview process <coughs> is like in a day or? Yes, it's one whole day. Oh! Yeah, so it's like really, really long. So after like the competency test, like I think half of us got eliminated. So the remaining half of us just stared at each other like, oh my god, what the hell is happening, you know? Mm. And then we got pushed into groups. So that's round three. Mm. You get to do like group discussions and they want to see how you work as both a leader as well as a follower. Yeah. And then the remaining people will be sent in for one-to-one -one interviews with right. the management. So like management or HR will like interview you, two people to one uh, or one-to-one -one in some cases. And they will just ask you about you and your resume, why you want to be a cabin crew. I think that's a very important question people always ask. Why you want to be a cabin crew? And then, okay, honestly, right, I always say this. <clears throat> I prepared this since I was very young. Okay, go. Um, so I want to be a cabin crew because I really enjoy serving people and the fact that, you know, I get to meet a lot of new people and there's a lot of experiences that you can definitely gain. Do you hear her voice instantly like, <laughs> I was like, girl, I'll yeah. <laughs> but for this interview, I decided, mm. no, I'm not going to do that. So I just went, oh, because, you know, I really like to talk to people right. and the fact that I know that I'm good at this job. So then mm. the final round after all of this, they will eliminate again after the interview and then the last one is medical checkup right and that one also people will get eliminated wow okay that's a very detailed interview mm -hmm. process yeah, it is <laughs> it's like five stages but okay like, i think this was kind of expected like this is knowledge that i kind of know of already yeah. it's just that to you for you to explicitly state each each stage it's like oh, okay at least it gives me a better idea mm. of what if to expect yeah if, let's say anybody any more of y'all want to apply for an interview in the future <laughs> yeah in the future it's yeah. like it brings me to my next point which is mm -hmm. kind of expectations versus reality mm. your first ever flight or maybe the first time you met your colleagues or people that you're working with how is it different from your expectations so for me right i have friends and family who have 
flown before mm-hmm. or are still currently flying. So when I spoke to them and like asked about what their concerns are and everything, yeah. they said that, oh, you just have to be very careful because the industry is pretty um, scary and yeah. it can be a bit toxic like yeah. generally. So because of that, I wanted to go in with a very high expectation. But I told myself to actually not have any expectations because once you do that, right, then you get a bit more chill, you don't feel so yeah. stressed, you yeah. don't feel disappointed. So when I went there, thankfully, it was actually very fun. Oh, that's yeah, good. Yeah, I, I didn't expect it. I was very, very scared. Yeah. It's really about working ethic. And yeah. like we have fellow colleagues who are very senior. They've been flying for like 25, 30 over years. Yeah. And as long as you seem like someone who is interested to learn, yeah. and you just will be very receptive. Uh, you know, when someone tells you, you know, you're not supposed to do that. Maybe you should do this first. Yeah. Then you go, oh, okay, sure. I'll take it into consideration. And then you work on it immediately yeah. and not be like, Huh? But I never learned this what? Yeah. Huh? But they never teach me this what? Yeah. You know, once you like start talking back, ah, mm, okay, that's okay, when okay. things go like completely south. So thankfully, uh, like my colleagues, my seniors, they are very like helpful as long mm-hmm. as you want to do it and you're very proactive. Proactive is very important. Yeah. They will they will like support you all the way. That's good. That's good. So I think just generally people already know, kinda know about what's the expectation of like the industry, right? Yeah. Where you know you have to like dress well, you have to present yourself yeah. well and everything. So it kinda starts from the time you enter the airport or even like when you take the cab. Because you're already wearing your uniform, you're already wearing everything. And right. people know who you are. People know what you are. You can't even the run The taxi away. driver know that yeah. you're going to fly. Yeah, they're like, oh so which country are you going to? They, oh. they always have a conversation. So Oh my god, do they always ask you that? Always. So like when you fly it's very important that you maintain your image from the time you leave your house to, until you come back. Right, because right, right. even if you're not in your uniform, but you still have your makeup and your hair, people will guess. They will know. I wouldn't have thought about that one. Yeah, mm. because I think that's something that people may overlook, you know, when you first join the industry, yeah. right? Yeah. So the way to make a good impression is to just be on the ball at every single moment from the time you leave your house. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess we can go back to um, the whole industry itself. Mm-hmm. I think there are very common stereotypes <laughs> And, oh, I actually laugh already. Like misconceptions, things that people say about people who work in the airline industry. Let's just throw it all out on the table and talk about it right now. And I mean, I think for you, it's only based on your own experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it won't speak from the behalf of like everyone in the industry, of course. But from what you know, lah. So I think the most common like misconception yeah. that like as students have right is that they are very like cheap. Yeah, like broke word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. So in a sense, because like. You know the the club. Because of that, people just assume that oh people. Wait, like, what? Yeah. So when I before I wanted to join, right? That's the scared. first thing that yeah. you hear. Oh and I'm very God. scared because I I don't know, because older people they have the kind of misconception like you fly and uh, what kind of things you do on board uh, that kind of thing. Now I'm like, hello, I'm I only, serving the customer, bro. I only serve like little kids, you know, I give you like food, <laughs> <laughs> I don't do anything else. It's yeah. not very common. It's not, actually, it's not very common at all. It's more to when they get into the different countries. Uh, mm, it's not really, ooh. yeah, but not on my personal experience. I have not seen it or heard of it like in a close like proximity, but just generally I've heard that it can be in the layovers or whatever. Like people not. getting intimate yeah, in, in the, the hotel layovers. rooms because it's a personal space. It's true though, it's true. Yeah. I mean, whatever you want to do on your off time, off work, that is your problem. Exactly. <laughs> Before this video, I was already talking to Sangi about like what we wanted to discuss. And she's, she, you brought up something that was like, you know that we are not actually obliged to put the luggages <laughs> in the overhead compartment. I was like, really? I thought it was part of their job. <laughs> because I'm always like, hi, can you help me? Okay, I'm so but sure. understandable. Okay, yeah. Okay, understand. <laughs> but if you guys didn't know, 
as students are not obliged to actually um, carry your luggage, it's because right. it's actually a potential hazard for right, us. Because right. if we injure ourselves or like anybody else, yeah. it's going to be very dangerous. They cannot fly. Yeah. And also, the thing is, if you cannot carry your luggage, why did you bring it up? Actually, that's me. Like. I'm the kind of person that I try to squeeze as much into oh my, my carry-on luggage. And then when I'm trying to lift it up, it's always so heavy for me. Yeah. So I'm like, Ugh. And then the guy's like, oh, thank you! Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, please don't take it off the weight. Thanks, bye. Uh, old people, we, oh, yeah, can, of course. we can help. People, but we don't like completely carry, but we, we maybe call another crew member to come and like lift it up. Yeah. Uh, so that it kind of reduces any potential like uh, injuries, yeah. especially. Yeah. So... This happens with all the airlines everywhere. Yeah. If we really cannot lift up your luggage mm. because like it's really heavy or there's no space, we yeah. will offload it. So oh. we offload and goes into cargo. Oh. Yeah. So then people get very upset about it because they don't want to wait for like the conveyor belt to bring their luggage. Bro, I would be like, yeah, please ship it off to cargo so that I don't need to pay the extra twenty dollars <laughs> that I was supposed to pay at the start. I'll be like, yeah, go, 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 go. I think another assumption that maybe I have or I've heard is that you need to be very pretty. To be a air stewardess, I'm just putting it out there. Like it is a people <laughs> frontline job. You are there to represent the brand, the company. It is something that people take note of, right? In the yeah. interview process. I think it's not really about pretty because, yeah, it's very subjective. Yeah. You know, like looks are subjective. Yeah, like yeah. to one person, person A is very good looking. Yeah. But I think what they're looking for is a pleasant looking yeah. person, like someone who is obviously smiling, like yeah. your. Persona and you're, you're always very, um, I would say, engaging as yeah. well, and also someone who takes care of themselves. It's different from high maintenance. Ah, uh. don't compare to like saying that. Oh, as soon as very high maintenance. Actually, no. Mm. It's about self care. Even if you have like the most flawless skin, you still need to look presentable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, your hair must be nicely done. Yeah. that kind of things. So, it's always a first impression thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess the point about the high maintenance thing is also like the. Job itself requires you to keep up with Correct. your looks, so I guess that's what people also mean. But yeah. I, high maintenance can also be taken the wrong way, like in a sense that they want like people who work in this industry are always talking about like luxury goods. They want branded things. Correct. They are very like focused very, on like the lavish yeah, lifestyle. Correct. It's not the case. Um, like I said, it's very very like personal. Okay. Because for me, I don't have lavish things. Yeah. I don't buy like luxurious things. I do save up and everything, but I also spend a lot of money on food. Okay. Yeah, like I'm a food person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go different countries. I eat like shitloads of food, and as long as I'm buying good quality food, I'm okay. Like okay. that's where I spend my my lifestyle on. You right, know? right, right. And then there are people obviously who like buy like all their Gucci, their Prada. It's just something that not everyone does. Yeah. You know. So don't generalize. Don't generalize us. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we will uh, move on to the next part, which is a bit about. The interesting things that happen on the mm-hmm. flight. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's so many different people that you meet every day. There's bound to be an interesting story here or there yeah. that you can share with everyone. Because I'm curious to know. So I think a very common thing that happens is a possibility of meeting celebrities. So for me, I didn't. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I want. For me, it wasn't like international celebrities. Okay, technically they're international, but they are local artists. I was at the door, and I'm, I'm the one who says like, Hi, good morning, welcome. Can I check your boarding pass, please? Like, checking the boarding pass. So we don't look at the names usually. Like. We yeah. just look at seat number, the flight details, because there are people who apparently get the wrong flight also. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then like, I saw the surname. Then I like, mm, thank you. Then I like, then he walked past me. I know the surname. Then I like, a bit mind blank a bit, because I was like, He's a very good singer and I, I've like, I've ah, liked fan Fangirl, you know, like... So, Vasantham right. has um, this thing called Vasantham Star. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I've heard of it, I've heard of it, yes, yes, yes. So, 
uh, in 2005, he was the winner and I used to vote for him, okay? He was such a sweetheart on the flight, yeah. you know? He was so polite and I think that's why I absolutely love about like, celebrities also. Like, sometimes they are really, really nice. I saw someone that voted Jay Park before. <gasps> Yeah, yeah oh, I'm jealous things. too. I know, right? Is there any anything else interesting that's happened to you? I think one of the like cute moments that happened yeah. was when like a passenger like passed me his number. Oh damn, girl, you got the game right there. Okay, what what, what happened? Once I was on this flight, um, it was back from Phuket, so I was on the flight, I was walking, and then this guy he was sitting at the like near to the front of the plane, and I was in charge of the front of the plane as well, lah. So uh, what happened was he just like waves his hand at me. And then I'm like, yes, how can I help you? This is like going to depart already. So we closed the doors already, yeah. And then he said, um, can I change my seat? Um, and I was like, uh, oh, um, where would you like to sit at? Even though it's a full flight, there were a few empty seats, right? He said, oh, I just want to um, sit at the seat where you're working at. Like the zone where you're working at. And I was like, I just like got stunned for a moment because you see, oh shit! <laughs> my whole brain was like, Okay, passenger want to move seat. Where to move seat? Yeah, to? Correct, like, so of course. I couldn't even say anything. Yeah. Because I was like literally like taken aback. So I just went like, ah, mm, I'm actually working at the front. Then he's like, ah, oh, okay, then I'll sit here then. I was like, alright, sure. Good. So I'm sitting at my like crew seat during like takeoff. And so it's like done. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> There's like uh uh um what's it called? A glass, right? I can look right at him, you know? Oh my god. Then I'm just there like then he keep making eye contact and the thing is that he's sitting between like there's like three seats right but so he's in the middle he's like in the middle and he doesn't like look straight ahead he's like to just see me through that <laughs> i was like wow effort but sure so then after <laughs> that right somewhere like in the middle like of the entire flight because a very short flight my pocket only he suddenly pressed the call like then i went out with my tray and i was like yes how can i help you then he said um, do you have the immigration card into Singapore? Yeah. Then I said, oh yeah, sure, let me get it for you. Mm-hmm. Then he said, okay, sure. So I went back to the immigration card and I gave it to him, right? Then he gave me this small piece of paper. He said, uh, this is for you. Please read it uh, alone in your personal time. Then I like, oh, okay. Uh, hmm. I quickly like hide my piece of paper because we don't really want to carry pieces of paper, right? Yeah. Then I went to the back, closed the curtain. I was like, guys. Like, he already said don't like read it in front of people. But, but you're like, like guys. <laughs> my whole crew was at the back and I was like, yo. He give me not, you know. Yeah. Then they were like, oh my god, oh my god, what? Right, because to us very fascinating. Yeah. So we open. Then yeah, it's like his name, his Instagram, his phone number, and then he's just like, uh, I I hope to get to know you. Like, you text me that kind of thing. Then I was like, wow, this is like damn straightforward. Yeah. And I, I told myself, okay, I got nothing to lose, right? So yeah. once I landed into Singapore, I actually texted him. Oh. Yeah, but nice. but we just like talked as friends only lah. Then that's it. We didn't. There was nothing else that went on, guys. I promise you. Yeah. It's just that you know I made a new friend out of it as well. That's cool. That's so cool. that was pretty cute lah. Every time I think about it, that sounds like super interesting. Like, in terms of like the experiences that you had, do you have any things that you feel were like big challenges? I think the most challenging is when you have like difficult passengers lah. Mm. Like straight up, that is the main challenge of the job because. Not everyone is understanding. Yeah. Not everyone knows what's happening. They just feel very entitled because yeah. they're like, I am a paying passenger. Yeah. I deserve this respect. And I think um, another thing that I would say is like a challenge for me is when I miss my family. Oh yeah. yeah. Because I'm very close to my family and we spend a lot of time together. Especially my sister. I think you guys would have seen my sister like on my Instagram yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. So I don't see her. She gets sad, I get sad. Oh, when I went to Europe, I didn't see her for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then even if I'm doing like short flights, right? The timing. My sister will go to school at 5 o'clock. Yeah. Then I'll leave for flight at 4 a.m. 
Then by the time I come back, it's like evening, mm. and then she's already sleeping. Yeah. So I have to go back to sleep. So if you're someone who's very close to your family, like me, right? Sometimes flying might not be for you. But if you like learn to work around it and just spend time with them when you're back, I think that's very important. To kind of conclude a little bit about the whole um airline industry in that sense, what are some things that you could say would make a good stewardess mm-hmm. or cabin crew that you need to take note of is definitely being very um receptive and adaptive, like because. Things are going to happen very quickly, yeah. and there's always going to be judgment, no matter where you go, from the place you work, from other people, taxi drivers, yeah. everyone, <laughs> your family and friends, especially who be like, "Hi, you cabin crew," are not everyone is going to be supportive. So you have to have very thick skin, lah. Really okay. thick skin, and I think last but not least, if you want to be a cabin crew, you need to be very patient. Mm. You cannot say like, "Oh, once I start working, it's going to be fine." It's going to get worse. Oh really? Yeah, because if you're impatient as a person or you're very like hot-headed, mm. I have anger issues. Okay, like I really have anger issues. But before working, I told myself I have to work on the anger issues so that when I go on flights, I don't like blast at my passenger. So I usually switch lah. Like when I'm flying and everything, when I'm doing my job, I'm very different. Yeah. In a sense where I'm extra patient. Like, people will like scold me and shout at me. I'm like, mm-hmm. I understand. Because I I really try to think from their perspective. Like, how would you expect if someone is like not listening to you or not helping you out or you're waiting like damn long for your flight and you got no answers? Yeah. Kind of thing. Be very patient, guys. It's a very slow process, but mm. you will get there. And keep trying. Now that you know COVID mm. has happened, and you already mentioned that you're not really uh, flying at the moment, what are you currently doing now in the meantime? Yeah. Okay, so currently as of July, I've been working as a patient care ambassador with um, a hospital. To just give you a summary of what I do, because a lot of people are very confused at what we do. We take care of like patients, basically patient care, and we do activities with them. We take care in terms of we feed them, we help them with non-medical things all the time because we are not licensed to do medical stuff. So we can help to like transfer patients, right? And then we do coloring with them. We talk to them. I think I do a lot of talking. We learn about the patients and everything. Because that's what we do in our jobs, ma. I was legit gonna say the same thing. I'm like, I feel like this is such a natural transition because it's just communicating with people with just a different audience, right? Yeah. I won't say everyone found it easy. For me, I mm. found it very easy when I had to just deal with other people of different backgrounds. It was very easy to transition to learn about your patients, and you can learn so many things in the medical mm. industry, which eventually you can like bring back also, lah. Like, yeah. Stuff like in case like oh yeah, yeah. that's good knowledge. Yeah. yeah, it's very good knowledge. So when you when you take care of these patients, has anything been very memorable for you throughout this experience? Memorable, I would say like practically every day because I really like the job as well. But my most um. Engaging experience, right? Was working with dementia patients. Mm-hmm. So I had this very specific dementia patient, and when I started working, I was the only one that could communicate to him in Tamil. So I think for a couple of weeks when he was there, the nurses and the therapists like kind of found a bit of a hard time communicating with him because of the language barrier. Yeah, but because I could speak to him in Tamil every single day, it kind of helped him to communicate a lot wow. better. And eventually, about another two months down the road, he actually managed to get back home. And it was just very nice. And then the wife, the daughter were like, "Thank you so much. You know, I've seen the way you take care of my father. It's just so loving and so nice. So thank you for taking care of him. So it's a very small thing. It's what nurses do every day as yeah. well. And you finally understand how nurses feel. Like you know how tough the job is. It's bloody tough. Okay, you you have to stand on your feet all the time. So I really really like look up to them. And then I finally also get it why they do what they do because it's very gratifying because you know that you impacted someone's life as well and you realize you are a part of that journey. Yeah. You really feel very nice lah. Like yeah. you you you're like ah oh, yeah. I'm 
Having a job is very emotionally draining like, sometimes. Actually, to be honest, I think that's the that's one of the biggest things, right, about working yeah. in like the hospital or like yeah. patient care, right? I would say the difference between communicating with passengers because mm-hmm. it's like a very business kind of relationship versus like in the hospitals, yeah. it's very personal relationships. Correct. You have to kind of like talk to them about their personal problems yes. and you're like low-key like their friend or advisor to yeah. a certain extent, right? Correct, yeah. And it's a lot like, not everyone has a family. Yeah. Not everyone has uh, many, many grandchildren, many yeah. uh, people to come and visit them. Some of them are completely single and they're like 85 yeah. over years old. And sometimes you talk about life, you kind of feel sad. I'm not gonna lie, life had a couple of breakdowns at work. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the energy, like I'm someone who picks up on people's energy very quickly. Yeah. It's not about what they're saying, it's just that they're transferring like all their emotions in a way. So when I go to the toilet, I'll just like have breakdowns. And I'll be like, why am I crying? I'm not even sad. Then I realize, oh, it's not really like because of me. It's just that the place around there, mm-hmm. they just have that sad energy sometimes. Yeah. So we try to like make it lively by playing music. We always laugh, yeah. we always joke. We try to entertain like them and ourselves as well so that we all have a fun work time. If yeah. not, it can get a bit like very mundane also. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Now that's what you're currently working on. Mm-hmm. How has COVID affected like, you know, what you plan for for the future? Is this a career that you'll be wanting to stay in for the rest of your life? I think when I first started, I really wanted to stay for like many years. I wanted to like upgrade or like try different places, different countries and everything. So I wanted to maybe go to like international, uh, another international airline kind of thing. But then, now with COVID that happened, I had a lot of time to think. I had a lot of time to research. So I decided that maybe I'll fly for maybe like a year plus, you know, just finish up my contract and everything. Yeah. And then I want to actually go and upgrade myself with um, my studies, like, at least work on myself in that sense. Yeah. I don't want to let go of comms. Like yeah. it's part of me. I do want to work in like communications background in the future, but maybe or maybe not, like, we see how it goes. It's a go with the flow kind yeah, of Yeah, it's a very, kind of have a rough like path, but we just kind of, don't set everything in stone because it's going to be tough. Got it, got it. I think on that note about like staying in the industry, right? Mm-hmm. Is it hard to progress in your career, for example, being a student versus like if you work in the corporate world or even like a 9 to 6 job where there may be a level of progression mm-hmm. or career path for you? Like, is that the same for the industry? Or? I would say it's difficult, but there is like career progression in its own ways and how you are willing to work hard for it. So obviously you can progress within the company with like different roles, you know, there's like obviously like your basic cabin crew, then we have like your in-charge yeah. level and everything. And then if you don't feel like flying anymore, sometimes you can stay with the company and do with their like management side. Right, right. And it's just how you want to work and what qualifications you have to yeah. back up non-flying jobs that you want to do. And sometimes people also ask, oh, why if you stop flying, mm-hmm. then how are you going to- Get back into- The world, right? right. The working world. And I obviously I have to think about that as well because after studying, I told myself, okay, if I go on a fly, eventually I'm going to come back. Yeah. So I need my experiences to back me up yeah. in a sense. So even though flying is very customer service oriented, yeah. there's always like different aspects. Is there like huge concerns about coming back? Like after example, you work in the industry for maybe like five, six years. Mm-hmm. If you come back, do you have to start from scratch at like a new place? Mm-hmm. Like, is this something that you're very concerned about? I think five, six years is not too bad. Okay. Because like you are around that environment, but you're also kind of grounded in a sense. But I know people who have worked for like 25, 30 years. Yeah. And when I ask them, so when are you thinking of like not flying? Because obviously flying is an age. Yeah. Like you only can fly to a certain quota. age, you know. Correct, correct. Because after a while, your health may not yeah. be very good for flying. But those people always tell me, well, no lah, after, if I don't fly, then I'm not going to do anything else. Because they fly for too long 
and they are very comfortable yeah. in that that routine because flying is a routine non routine thing yeah. you do the same thing with different environment that's the yeah. only difference and they enjoy the non 95 the no desk job the traveling yeah. and it gets very comfortable for you and i think that goes with any job also yeah. like. sometimes you get very comfortable in a place you don't want to get out of your comfort zone yeah, so. yeah. okay well i guess that has kind of summarized what we want to talk about on today's video but any last words of advice to people who are trying to apply for this job or you know are currently in the industry i think if you want to like fly you should just do it you know because don't be so scared don't be scared that people are going to say ha huh? you can fly man you know just because somebody else is cannot doesn't mean that you cannot i agree you know don't let other people tell you what yeah. <laughs> take some time do your research don't just step into it blindly and then dread it because there's a contract there's a bond so you right. have to understand that with every job comes its research that you have to do like you don't step into anything blindly yeah. similarly aviation industry like as you guys can see now from covid not very stable ah so you have to know that as well and i think the most important thing is rejection <laughs> handling rejection lah because oh. if you cannot handle rejection it's going to be damn tough because i when i went for my first interview i got rejected i cried so much and i just felt very worthless because to me it was like a slap in my face because i thought i wasn't competent enough i wasn't worthy enough to fly but then eventually i realized that you need to keep trying understand that potential of um, rejection and during work also Everyone is not going to be your friend. Mm. Your passengers are not all going to be nice. It's not going to be like fairy tales and unicorns in the clouds, you know. Yeah, it comes with all the pretty views, all the travel benefits and everything, but the fundamental of the job is serving people. Okay, thank you Sangi for thank today. Thank you. Oh my god. Every time I end the video, I'm like, "Oh my god, thank you for talking to me today." I had a lot of fun and learning a lot about the industry itself because there's a lot of things that I've assumed or want to know answers to mm. that you kind of answered for me today, which is great. <laughs> and I hope that next year you'll be going back into flying yeah, and hopefully so for the best of the world. I hope that like COVID lets up so that you know it can all go back to normal lah. Yeah, definitely, sense. definitely. Uh, let us know in the comments who else you would like to see on future episodes of Asula and don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Bye-bye. Bye bye.